Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Before we begin, this podcast conversation is between adults and contains a little adult language. So if you have little ones near you, you might want to use your headphones. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Akim Novak. Akim is an author, speaker, executive coach, and international authority on personal presence. His firm, Influence, supports Fortune 500 executives around the globe. Akim's latest book, The Moment, A Practical Guide to Creating a Mindful Life was just published by New Page Books. He holds an MA in Organizational Psychology and International Relations from New York University, where he served on the faculty for more than a decade. Akim and his work have been featured on 60 Minutes, Fox News, NPR, and in USA Today, The New York Times, and The New York Post. Akim's popular weekly energy boost message is received by a wide circle of influencers around the globe. So welcome, Akim. I'm so delighted to have you here on the podcast. Hello, Ursula. So what what is it that drew you to have this business in particular? How was it? How did it evolve? How did you come to do this work? I had a first career in show business uh, for 12 <laughs> years as a theater director and acting coach. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I was an acting coach. And I taught at some, some big places in New York. And I I always loved the process of how actors learn their craft. It's a very personal journey and there are incredible skill sets there. Um, that's not what I do right now. But I'm going to say so that, that, that process I loved most when I was working in theater. Uh, then a bunch of years later, I, I got it. I, I was lucky to get a book deal to write my first book, Power Speaking. And at that moment, I realized, well, when you have a book, you you need to um, you probably need to have your own business and do your own work. <laughs> and that's really what prompted me to start a business. But I was really clear on um, to on the impact I wanted to have with the business, which I, I'm, I'm a great believer in, and this is my, my, my belief and the focus of what we do at Influence, that if very successful people show up with more personal presence, and if they're able to more deeply connect with people, and, and really mean deeply, uh, number one, they enjoy work more, people want to perform for them, and they want to go the extra mile, and there's a tangible return on investment on the business. Mm-hmm. So I'm really committed to doing um, person, deep personal presence work with very successful leaders to help create a more job satisfaction for them, for people who work with them, and to create, help create better work cultures in that way. Did, did you always feel this? Uh, you mentioned that you, it's important to you to have impact in the work that you do. Is, have you always felt that way? Did you feel that way even when you were in theater? Yes, I mean I'm um, it, because I have an artistic temperament. Like I, um, 
you know, I, I, I was into doing theater that would change the world. You know, I, I, I love musicals now, appreciate it, but that was when I was younger. Like, I, I, I was scornful of that superficial stuff in quotation marks. Right? <laughs> uh, I, I, for a while, for example, I, I, I was the artistic director of a theater company based in New York called the Creative Arts Team that worked with young people in, in we would go to communities to do theater that would that would really champion social change and uh so that's where i come from you know um i but also it's interesting like what i i've learned to i think running a business is a fine balance between knowing what impact we want to have in the world but also doing the work that we really truly want to do and as I get older I, I am not willing to make any compromises and I realize I, I for whatever reason I'm drawn to work that's intimate <laughs> you know so intimacy is an important driver for me um, I will choose quality over quantity I will choose connection over mass global impact with anonymous people so those are some of the things that I really value that I that nurture me and, and that inform the kind of work that we take on in my business. Mm. Well, that kind of leads me into uh, exploring that a bit further, because I, I believe that personal values form the foundation of the impact that you have, whether yeah. it's conscious or not, we yeah. act out of those values. And, and what we do is, is very much a reflection of that. So can mm -hmm. you talk a bit more about how you mentioned um, quality and connection as a couple of things that you value. Can you talk a bit more about how that shows up in your business? Yeah, one thing I, I from the very beginning, I guess, in my, there are 10 people in my business. So I'm not a solopreneur, and mm -hmm. and we, we work all over the world. And my associates, some are based in South Florida, where I live, but some are in different parts of the States or in Europe. Um, so I was very clear about the kind of culture that I wanted to create in my business. And the culture represents for obviously what we want to model for clients, but also the kind of cultures we encourage in our clients. So there are four credos that matter to me. Like one says we are easy to work with. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no room for prima donnas in my business. And, and I've had prima donnas work with me and, uh, I've been able to coach them out of their prima donnaism, which is good. <laughs> it's not the pleasant two, <laughs> dealing it's with the prima donna. One because there's an inherent tension. One says we're fun, and the second one says we drill down. So the combination that that we really look to create in, in our work is I, I believe in the power of play and lightness, and I believe in being able to go as deep as you can with the work with a client. So everybody who works with me, you know, we, and we really work on this stuff. That's what we want to model for folks. And the fourth credo is we know what we're talking about. Um, and what that means on, on, on the opposite side is I, I, I will not take on work um, where I feel like we're not the best at it, where somebody else could do a better job. Um, we don't pretend to know stuff that we don't know. So my, my, the focus I keep very clear. And I think within that space, I'm really proud of the work that we do. Mm. That's great. I, what is the area that you focus on the, that, that is that you focus on the most, that's most important to you to incorporate in your work with clients? Um, 
I'm, I'm going to answer in a roundabout way. Like sure. when we do when we do executive coaching, we do a, we do a lot of executive coaching, and we do some group programs. And people purchase them because uh, there's certain skill sets, you know, that we that we teach folks that they learn. But at the deepest level, I feel like we're modeling a way of being in relationship with others. Mm. Uh, so in my executive coaching, if I'm with somebody for an hour or 90 minutes, um, you know, we we play at what it can be like and feel like. And when we do the work with clients and, and classes around certain skill sets, uh, a lot of it is about really creating an experience of just joyful being and, and deep exploration at the same time. Mm. So folks can can recreate that in their world. Well, one of the things that uh, I, I've worked in a corporate environment myself, and one of the things that I think is particularly challenging about executive coaching is that you can have a great connection with a client and mm -hmm. work with them in a really valuable way, but then they go off and they're back in the structure of the organization, which does not always support the approach that, that uh, they're, and the, and the changes that they're wanting to make. Yeah. How do you, how do you work with people around that? Um, I, 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 I encourage micro changes and obviously I encourage behaviors that will elicit more positive reactions. Uh, when it doesn't happen, the feedback that I've gotten around people I've coached is because the person is trying too hard and not coming across as authentic. Mm. So it, it looks, it's not embodied behavior, it's copied behavior. Right. And that doesn't work, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, so a lot of my work is around, um, for example, I, I, regardless of who I'm asked to work with, usually one thing that comes up is with everybody is they want to be more inspirational leaders. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so what would that be like for you? And that might, in, that might include body language. It might include verbal cues. Um, but that whatever, wherever we go with it, that needs to feel right for you. Uh, I don't believe in scripts or um, fake blueprints that we take on. So the exploration about how to make it personal and authentic. And when that happens, um, people usually succeed. I think it, when, it, when it becomes fake behavior, it just doesn't work. Yeah. If I, and and, and if, if, I mean, if, if we're in a culture where, um, in my experience anyway, let's say if because my brand is so clear, it's about presence and connection. Um, we don't get hired by companies that don't want presence and connection. They don't touch us, you know. So right. that sense, that's true. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm very explicit. I've written three books. The website's very clear. If you want, if you hire us, this is what we're supporting. This mm -hmm. is what matters to us. Right. And if this is what you want, we can be helpful. But a but a culture that doesn't want emotionally intelligent leaders is probably not going to hire us. You know? Right. Is that something that you've seen evolve over time? Are companies becoming more interested in mindfulness and and becoming and having emotionally intelligent leaders being that part of the culture of the company? 
Or is that something that you still I, see? I, I, I love the question, Ursula, and I, I can't give a sweeping answer. I just know, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean this, and I, I, I mean this in the best possible way, but as, as an encouragement for everybody, because we are very clear about what we offer. We, we have no bad clients. We absolutely don't, because the clients that don't want us don't come to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the clients that come to us, they want presence, they want some mindfulness. Uh, they want deeper connections, they see the value in it, and they're willing to do the work. Um, and I think it's a differentiator because my first book was about public speaking, and in that niche, uh, there are lots of amazing companies that teach that very well, but um, sometimes are more schematic in their work, mm-hmm. and, and we are not. We really pay attention to the individual, to the impulses we get from her or him, and, and working with that. So uh, again, it becomes, uh, so people find a larger version of themselves rather than a fake version of themselves. Right. Yeah, and that is a really powerful speaker when someone's speaking from that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as you know. So. <laughs> well, what are the ways that you see you and your work and your company's work? How are you impacting your clients? What kind of effect are you having with them? I think when we work with folks, I, I, I greatly believe in the power of, um, of, of a joyful work experience. And I think that the moment we investigate what that is for us and how we show up more fully, we're able to create that. Um, so fo- folks just have more joyful relationships. And, and I don't, and that sounds, that can sound fluffy to people, but it's, it's tangible, it saves the company a lot of money, and our work it helps to create those, sometimes many cultures within larger work cultures, even if, if, if the larger work culture doesn't support it, you know, because we tend to coach at the C-suite level, you know, uh, almost everybody we work with have their own circle who they're responsible for, and they can create that culture and environment there. And that's really, really, really important to me. And where I'm personally moving, in, in addition to my work with influence, and um, I just launched a mastermind business called Brilliant Best. Hmm. And so I'm working with people at the C-suite level, but it's a, it's really I call it a leadership incubator where I, even less than my other work, I just let them do the work. I have a structure that allows the deepest level of peer learning and peer teaching and modeling, which is very powerful. So, uh, and then people model skills and learn skills that they transfer to the workplace. Well, and and masterminds can be so powerful as a form of support for people trying to implement change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What influence do you think that that has on the larger world, the larger business world, when you have more people experiencing joy in their work and and having that that kind of experience what do you think that impact that has um i'm gonna i'm gonna go, go a little metaphysical sure. on you for a moment yeah, uh, please do and i want to relate it to something else i'm involved with in miami right now it's it's um because i i believe i believe that most deep connection and deep impact happens on the unspoken level on the energy level mm-hmm. uh because you and I all know people who are very uh, smart, well-educated, thoughtful, articulate well, but don't really deeply connect with others, and people don't want to be around them. 
is because the deeper energetic uh, connection doesn't happen. So the more leaders we have who can create connection, the, the, the more we begin to change the energetic vibration on the planet where people feel uh, good about what's happening and, and, and hopefully we get rid of some of the narcissistic ego-driven leadership styles that uh, we see around us. Um, I'm, I'm working uh, with an event in Miami right now. It's uh, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be happening in March. It's the first the, the World Happiness Summit, and it's 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 going to be several thousand people. So it's a big event on the scale of Wisdom 2.0 in San Francisco, um, and the whole supported by major corporate sponsors. And the whole idea is that that within within 10 years, this movement wants to reach a billion people. Uh, who have investigated the notion of happiness for themselves personally and in work. And so we collectively begin to uh, raise the the vibrational energy in the planet around uh, how we do life. And that includes how we do life at work. Mm. I love that. And I completely agree with you. I think that each of us contributes to that larger energy. And um, the more we move in that direction, the more it, it expands and ripples out. If I, I just wanted to add one thought to that, yeah. um, and this is, it goes, I think for all of us as entrepreneurs, it goes, so, so why do people hire us? Because all of us, like you and I, we offer services that other people offer as well. And, other, and there are many other people who are really good at what they do, and you and I are really good at what we do, right? So why does somebody choose us over somebody else, right? It's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my case, it's often because I've written some books, blah, blah, but what I tell my associates, you know, I say on, on the deepest level, we give our clients the gift of love. Hmm. That's not, that's not on, on the website. Right. That's not what they're getting, but, um, and what we get in turn, you know, that's the unspoken gift. And in turn, I mean, our clients and my firm influence are passionate about us. They love us, you know, uh, I do no no real major marketing because the phone just rings through referrals. But that's because the deeper work is happening and people want to engage with us. And that's a modeling for how we would like people to be in their workplaces, of course. Yeah, and that's I mean I mean that's an amazing way to keep a business going if if you can engage people at such a deep level that they are passing the word that they're rehiring and you and and working with you on an ongoing basis that's a really profound and and strong testament to the work that you're doing and that gift of love what a great way to put that it's it's not something that you think of in a work environment but it's of course so profoundly needed by all of us so um well what one some of the stuff, because when I talk about these things, people ask me, well, you, you really do this work with corporate clients? So I want to just take this. We, we, we work, very, we, we very explicitly talk about energy and, and, and work with energy and, and the notion of being an energetic leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I don't mean a rah-rah, you know, <laughs> a hyper extrovert leader. I mean, energy in a deeper level. And, um, there's some research that I, I freely quote with my corporate clients and that folks love it. Um, and it relates to the love conversation we just had. There's a psychologist, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, who you may know, she's a leading po- positive psychologist. 
Uh, and she wrote a book called Love 2.0 that I, I highly recommend. It's very readable, um, based on a lot of neuroscience, but she talks about the notion of micro moments of love and these quick, uh, quick fleeting moments that can be with the stranger on the street, uh, but it can happen with colleagues at work, not in a formal meeting, but the informal encounters. And the moment I, I, I embrace a consciousness that micro moments of love are are possible, they're quick, they're fleeting, but when it's over, um, I have energized the other person and I've energized myself. Mm -hmm. The moment we, we have that consciousness, we can start creating those kind of moments and see opportunities everywhere. And that changes the work experience for everybody that we're with. It does. I like that. Micro moments and it, they're cumulative. I love. <laughs> it's way great. <laughs> Well, speaking of, of energy, yeah. in, in the way that your business has evolved, what have you found to be the best use of your energy in the context of the work that you're doing? Uh, well, what I, I don't want to say struggle with, but the, the constant conversation is because I love, I love the actual work with clients, but I'm also a business owner who needs to strategically make choices about the business. Um, so I, I've had to learn to say no to clients where I, I, an associate can do the job and I don't need to do it. So I can focus my energy on other things. Um, that, that tension inherently, I mean, I have colleagues who run similar businesses who don't do any service delivery at all. They just grow the business. Mm -hmm. And I love the entrepreneur part, but I, I get satisfaction out of the uh, the relationships I have with people I coach. Let me put it this way. And I and I go through cycles where I went through cycles where I got really bored with coaching. Mm -hmm. and, and while I had this business, and uh, so what I've done, and this is just served me well. I made it I made it harder to hire me, meaning I made myself more expensive. <laughs> Um, and, uh, which means the people that then show up to work with me are inspiring for me to work with. Mm -hmm. I love those relationships. I don't want to give those up. I love, you know, I have a very super charged group in my current mastermind. I mean, I love working with these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's awesome. Um, but that tension, you know, um, because I have a business coach, I've had a coach for 12 years. I, um, that's a hard one to navigate. Um, but I, I mean, I, I personally, I, I, I live near the ocean in South Florida, just outside of Miami. That's a lifestyle choice. Like as we're recording this, I have a house guest here from New York and we, uh, <laughs> we're recording this a little after 10 in the morning and we've already been in the ocean, had an ocean swim. Oh, that's great. You know, and so one of my, my, I, I try to be in the water once a day because the water is the source and that connection is powerful for me. So I, I have good self-care um, routines. My biggest fear, and you probably know this, is that when I started a business that I would become this raving workaholic and that you would never stop. And I, uh, that's not been the case. But my, my biggest ambition early on was, was to as quickly as possible make enough money so I could hire other people to help run the business. Mm -hmm. And within a year and a half, I had that, you know, 
Yeah, that's great. Well, and, and it's, it's great that you also have the, had the intention to hire someone so that you could focus yeah. on things. That's not something that, um, you hear very often. Usually it, it feels more like an accidental moment, but really setting that intention is an important well, part I, of I, I, the business. It, it, just, it, just what really, uh, I'm just going to use safely, what, what saved my ass in many ways around my <laughs> business, especially remember doing the downturn in, you know, seven, eight years ago, we kept growing revenue annually by 10 to 15% during the downturn. And and the reason that happened is when I started Influence, I, I was in a mastermind in New York and uh, it, I, I was forced, I, I made some very fundamental business decisions that have really helped me. Number one is I, I don't pursue small clients. You know, uh, my ideal client has 2000 plus employees. Mm-hmm. The reason I do that, obviously, is if we do a good job and we're service, they hire us again. You know, so I'm not constantly chasing clients, which is draining. Uh, and I, I'm choosing clients that can comfortably pay us because I don't want to constantly negotiate money. But it, but my brand was intentionally from the beginning an international brand. So the, the name influence is the Latin origin of the word influence. Mm-hmm. And so I intentionally wanted a non-Anglo name because I wanted us to play all over the world. And it, it intentionally was not Akim Novak and Friends or Akim Novak and Associates. It was a name that was larger than me. And so those were all intentions from the start um, that have really paid off for me. You know, I, So I urge any entrepreneur to be clear about these fundamental business decisions and business models from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, and setting things up in that way, it uh, really helps guide you to the people that can benefit the most from what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. and and it means, uh, and I, I was just had this conversation with my house guest this morning, <laughs> but I said it, it means saying no to clients that are not right. Sure, you know, people always go like, "How can you say no to income?" Well, no, because I I can tell when a client is going to be an energy vampire and require too much hand-holding and and all that kind of stuff you know and and those clients if I see it coming if I don't fit my if they don't fit my ideal profile I I will refer them to friends who for whom they are the right client Mm -hmm. well and that's for me too has been a very singular that probably the singular thing that has made it easier to deliver great value is making choices mm-hmm. about clients turning down the ones that you know aren't, aren't a good fit so that you create space for others to come in and that's very hard especially for early in a uh, in a in a business where you're making those choices so it's uh, it, but it's a really important aspect to emphasize and a, just to build on that I uh, when I first started influence I think it's so important about being clear about our brand and mm-hmm. articulating clearly. In the beginning, you know, I would do other stuff that was a little out of the brand because people know, you know from my previous work, oh, you can also do this or that. But I would never put it on the website, you know, because that I didn't want to keep attracting tangential work. That doesn't mean I didn't do it in the beginning because I needed the revenue. Sure. But it certainly was not part of the public identity. Right. You know? Yeah. And that brings a clarity to your brand too, which, yeah. cause that's the, the face of it to the larger world. So, yeah. well, you, uh, you talked about some of the things that you've, you've 
chosen to do in the course of building your business. But as all of us have, there are challenges and obstacles that come up. Are mm-hmm. there, are there things that you've come up against and that you've chosen to struggle with as a way of working through it and, and moving through it? Is there, I always think it's helpful to hear from people about their experiences that way so that we we get more clarity around it's not this instant success thing. We all have things that we uh, we work through. So, well, I I, nothing in me wants to sell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the idea of selling. I think I have some judgments about bad selling. and like, and when pushed against the wall, I do it really well. Like a big learning for me was this: about six, seven years into business, we had a a wonderful client, a big biotech company that fell on hard times and and let go of all of the contractors. So, um, in one fell swoop, a multi six figure revenue was gone, hmm. and I went shit, <laughs> and. Uh, and what I'm most proud of is the next year we actually increased revenue from the year before. But I had to go out and hustle and make phone calls and and do more than I I, I I'm normally am comfortable doing. Uh, so I learned that I can do it, and it behooves me to do that more consistently and not fall asleep at the wheel. And and what's I'm tempted, I mean, I'm blessed with a business model where because we attract the big Fortune 500 companies, we have clients we've been with for seven, eight, ten years. You know, the phone just keeps ringing. It's wonderful. And we we know them. We consider part of their culture. We're part of the family. But that can be um, lulling and not a good way. Um, And and we get a lot of referrals because when, when you work for big companies like this, people move to other companies and bring you along. So sure. this is how it's grown. Um, but the other thing, like, cause I had to really grapple with what am I comfortable with marketing wise or not? Um, I, I have a, a weekly message called energy boost, <clears throat> which I started to write when I write work, but my second book called infectious. And, uh, I realize I, I do love writing. I don't people tend to label it as content marketing. I, I don't, to me, that trivializes what I do, but I, I write a message every Monday morning that people subscribe to, that they get, that energizes them for the week. And I'm very comfortable doing that. It served me really well. Uh, on Mondays, when I when they go out, I get messages from all, all of the world, from people who are responding to it. And stakeholders who have money to spend read it religiously. So I, I figured out, but in, that was a process, you know, Ursula. I had to discover that that works for me. Uh, uh, there are other things that I don't do that other my competitors do because I just doesn't feel right for me. But that's figuring that out, what feels right, what doesn't. And then I'm very good at committing to something then staying committed to uh, the channels that I'm using to grow the business. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you make a really good point about capitalizing what you really love to do. I mean, oh. at marketing is there's so many options you can choose the ones that you you feel most resonant with so yeah. uh, that's great and and obviously your um, writing has been a huge part of that for you I you've written three three books at this point three books yeah three books, yeah that's awesome well Akim, what what insights or de- 
advice would you share with another business owner who's working on their impact, learning how to be a, a positive influence? What would you share with them as a way to help them um, expand on that? I was just thinking as you were talking and, and just the, the comments we made earlier, um, because I have been resistant to doing a lot of the promotional work. Uh, like I, I decided four years ago that a social media forum that's been fantastic for me is Twitter. You know, and especially we're having a president who tweets a lot and we can make fun of him. Uh, and, and, and tweeting can sound so superficial. But once I decided that I was going to, I was going to tweet, um, I had a system for it. I tweeted regularly and, 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 and I tweet obviously about my interests and my passions and not about what I had for dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah. What happened within, Within three months, everybody in my space who didn't know who I was knew me because I was consistent. Um, it gave me access to people who were influential and more successful than I was. And because I travel, the tipping point was at some point I would be in another town and say, hey, Tom, uh, I'm going to be in Boston. Let's, let's meet for dinner. Um, and the moment these became personal relationships, my personal sphere of influence and impact has grown through these relationships, you know, with people who are admire in my space, who know me. Um, I've had two agents. I have one now, but that came through my friends and Twitter. And these agents, again, are people who advocate obviously on my behalf and do things for me. So I, I would make a real pitch for anybody if you're not on Twitter for me. And the key has been is to, to meet my Twitter contacts in person. Um, has led to, led to profound relationships and widened my impact in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a very rare thing to hear. I, uh, most people do not have a very positive view of Twitter, and I've actually used it in the same way you have. You can reach out to very influential people much more yeah. easily than you might think. And that's great that you've been able to build that network and, and also capitalize on it by meeting people in person because yeah. there's no substitute for that. So. Yeah, that's great to hear. Well, Akim, thank you so much for sharing what you have today. I, I know that your focus on quality and connection and, uh, the way that you communicate with people through writing and in the work that you're doing, it's really is bringing more joy into the workplace and, and raising that energetic vibration that, that you spoke about. I, I think that is so valuable. So thank you for the work that you do in the world. Oh, thank you, Ursula. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. <laughs> well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, I um, you may want to check out the, the website of my main business, influence.com. And influence is spelled Latin, so I-N-F-L-U-E-N-S.com. Uh, my personal email is achim at influence.com. So just send me a note or you can find me on Twitter. The handle is my name. Uh, and also, um, you know, the energy boost message that goes out every, every every Monday morning is free. It doesn't cost you anything. I'm not going to follow up with sales calls. It just goes out. And so if you go to the influence.com website, you can sign up to get the energy boost. And uh, that's a good way to get to know me better and my thoughts. And I, I communicate with people from all over the world who get the energy boost and send me their um, their thoughts 
uh, and it's energizing for me in turn. So it's led to many, many beautiful connections. So I invite you to join me on that. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that and uh, for, for making that available to people. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.